Hello co-workers, Flinvar Onigan here. After our big weekend, Janison asked us to accompany him to his dad's funeral. So, we're leaving the city for a week to travel to Ixenir. It seemed like it was going to be a quiet trip, but we all got the same mysterious letter from the administrator, asking us to bring some sparkly cue back to the palace. None of us even know what it is. So, I don't know how that's going to go, but we arrived in Bullswool, our first stop in the journey, and who would be there but Master Speck himself? Mr. Marvelous, the Administrator Murphy, all seem to think that he's this dangerous terrorist. So naturally, Frankie and Ido go right up to him and talk to him. We went to check out his handiwork in a temple full of vampires he killed, and it seems like Ido may have found a survivor. everybody and welcome to episode 18 of the terrible adventures of the Janice and Breffitt's parchment company currently episode 2 of the question box my name is Penny D and today I will be your dungeon manager and if I could have lunch with any living celebrity I think I would choose Jack Black like he sounds like a fun dude to have lunch with we would get Mexican food we would talk about Tenacious D and his movies I would sing some of his Tenacious D songs back to him and then lunch would be over and he would leave and he would never want to see me again but it would be worth it. <laughs> Hi I'm Nate, I play Flinvar the Halfling Bard and I was was gonna say that I'd choose like one of the old guard like Maggie Smith but actually Jennifer Lawrence because she'll definitely have like a decent lunch and she's funny. Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah! Yeah, you know what? She's supposed to be fairly human for a celebrity. Yeah, oh she's an, and she's as awkward <laughs> as me so it'll work out well. Both of you just eating awkward bagels. Yes. In silence for an hour and a half. Damn. <laughs> My name is Stephanie and I play Frankie the Artificer. Oh, I don't really know who I am. Just kidding, it'll be Tom Hanks, like without a doubt. Like, <laughs> Tom Hanks. I'm in love, like that Plutonic, like I love him like my father. Pluto. Love. Platonic. Platonic. Oh, like Pluto. I love yeah. him like Pluto. I, uh, yeah, it'll be Tom Hanks without a doubt. Alright, well my name is Liz and I'm playing your favourite dwarf barbarian, Karen. And if I could have lunch with any celebrity, I think it would have to be Brendan Fraser. Not only do I um, fondly remember the days of The Mummy, The Mummy 2, uh, George of the Jungle, mm. all of the classics, just really, really good they cinema. They pushed him as an action hero for a while. I wish we could see more of him. Uh, these days he's really into just like rescuing and taking care of horses and I think I, I, I really like that about him and I'd like to talk to him about it. Do you know my favourite Brendan Fraser thing is that episode of Scrubs that makes everybody cry? <laughs> what? You guys haven't seen it? I don't want to spoil it for you. He was dead the whole time. <laughs> I'm not going to like seek it out though. Yeah, he was dead the whole time and you find out at the end and it's very sad. Oh my oh, god. I didn't even know there was an episode with him in it. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't he the brother? Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of the characters' oh, brothers. It it doesn't matter. We'll get we'll, we'll do a Scrubs podcast some other time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hi, I'm Poppy. I play Idafa, and it's really funny because I remember Penny was like, "Oh, hey, has everyone got someone so that we can start the podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure I do," um, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but if I had to think of someone, it would actually be three people. Um, it'd be Auntie Donna. 
Um, <laughs> I've been binging their season, oh, the Netflix series lately, and oh my god, they're, they're exactly my humour, and I do love a good Aussie accent. Yeah, I will admit, <laughs> I've really much enjoyed that show as right? well. It's, it's like, I'm like, why am I watching this? But then I'm watching it. Like, You're like, I'm <laughs> like oh, I'll, I'll turn it off next episode, and then like... My enjoyment of the show is a drum. <laughs> Alright, should we play some D&D? Let's roll in this, should we? Do it. <laughs> Idafa, make me a wisdom saving throw, please. Okay. Oh, God. Now, can I have to be a seven? Oh, no. <laughs> so, the uh, vampire whom you are facing. The what? I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a vampire. So, there, there is a pale-faced being in a, like, scrap cloak. It appears to be seriously wounded and bleeding profusely. Basically, waves its hand in front of your face and says... Get rid of the others, and then come back here and take your clothes off. Oh, damn. Oh, no. Just quickly, in this world, are vampires attractive? Not this one. Oh. <laughs> Me looking at Nosferatu. This one's more like the gross Nosferatu type. Yeah. Oh. Right. Like the All right. Uh, so, because I've failed my wisdom. You have been charmed, so you've been given an instruction. Get rid of the others and come back here. Okay. Right-o, boss, I say. And I walk out of that back room and I go, hey guys, we need, to, I'm, I'm gonna have to tell you to get out of the temple. Wait, why? Look, I can't quite explain it, um, but I I need to I need to get rid of you guys. Well, I need to get out. Are, are you going to come with us? We'll see how that goes. Are you fanboying over that bloody spec person again? What? No. I mean, is he in the back room? Are you, are you? Look, don't get Frankie excited. Well, what's in the back room? Nothing, honestly, it Was looks it like homeless people will live in there. Well, why do we have to leave then? No, that's a fair point. I'd like, if there's homeless people, I don't want to disturb them. I'm, I'm happy to leave. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Frank would like the idea. I'm pretty sure there wouldn't have been any homeless people living here because there were vampires living here, and I'm pretty sure the vampires would have eaten them. Well, if they pay rent. Okay, guys, look, I need to get rid of you. Uh, get out. Idafa, don't talk to us like that. Don't talk to Idafa like that. What? Frankie. <laughs> you guys are so, are you guys drunk? At this point, I'm starting to wield my oh. um, dagger. Actually, no, I'm gonna bring out my uh, <coughs> con man's backup. Oh. What's that? My new weapon. <gasps> oh. Yeah. So Idafa summons his sword, and are you threatening them with it? Yeah, I'm like, guys, get out. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, it's another Idafa. bard situation. It's another bard situation. Okay, okay, everybody calm down. Okay, we're going to leave. We'll go out the door. What? Oh yes, I mean yes, yes. We're going to go out the door and, and Karen's going to grab Flynn and Frankie's wrists and she's going to slowly start backing away and not breaking eye contact with Idafa. Frankie was about to pull out his gun. And Ida's dead. No. Rolling your character. No, so she's she's backing away. Are you guys just coming with her or are you trying to resist or No, I'll come with you. Yeah. As she gets further away, are you coming are you coming with us or are you just kinda of standing no, there? No, I'm just standing there. And as soon as I see the doors close, mm. I'm like, all right then, and put my sword away and I um walk to the back room like, oh they're gone. Karen is uh as soon as she gets outside, she takes them both over to a window. And I'm not sure if Karen or Flint can see in, but at least Frankie can. Frankie doesn't have dark vision. Oh, shit. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, because of the height. Oh, wait, it'll be dark inside. Uh, she's, yeah, Karen's going, Frankie, Frankie, lift me up so I can see inside. <laughs> Frankie is also a weakling. 
weighing 98 pounds. Can I assist? I'll assist. 98 little pounds. I got strong little arms. Strong little arms. Boosting a boost. Yeah. Frankie would pick up Karen. Yes. I'm gonna do the whole uh, and the hand, you know, the the supporty. Yeah, the supporting hand under the leg. Okay, yeah. So Frankie and Flynn both lifting you. Yes. Um, are you specifically looking into the window that would be uh, where Idafer is now? No, she's like the the doors have closed. They're right next to them, and she's looking in to see where Idafer goes next. So Idafer put away his sword and walked back into the room that he came out of right before he tried to get rid of you. Okay. Okay. Now we're going to go back in. Be very quiet. Sneaky, sneak. Yes. Idafa, you uh, go back into the room. The creature is like leaning up against the wall and it seems like it's it's dying. Okay. Take off your clothes and lie down and hold your neck out. And I want you to roll me a, um, a another wisdom neck? saving throw. Wait. It's a seven again. <laughs> Why do you gotta get naked though? <laughs> Karen, Karen is very quietly trying to open the door. He's specifically not telling you that he's going to bite you mm. because a charm can't make you do something that will cause harm to yourself. But mm. like ah. specifically taking your clothes off isn't like causing harm to yourself. What about emotional harm? Yeah, that's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. That's kind of molesty, right? A teenager yeah. would be like, this is... And like, I'm lanky and I've got a bit of self-confidence issues. Oh no, he's a teen. Unfortunately, you didn't roll very well, so... <laughs> I'm like, all right, mate. <laughs> you got it. So the rest of you roll me stuff rolls, please. Uh, I would like to clarify, he don't have to take off his underwear, right? <laughs> well, I don't think so. Okay, okay. Let's keep the podcast G-rated. I don't want to have to describe that. We say as we say shit all the time. Um, That's a 12 for Karen. 11 for Frankie. 21 for Flynn. Oh, thank Christ. Romeo's stealth roll as well. Oh, okay. Oh, that is 11. Idafa is quite loud. Like Idafa's <laughs> pants get, like, get caught like, in his ankle as he's like like hopping around trying to pull his pants off. <laughs> yeah, so the rest of you down. do like with the noise that Idafa is making, you can hear that like flumping noise of like, you know that clothing noise that like when someone like takes off the shirt and like yeah, throws it on the ground. And haphazardly throws it away in a yeah. heat of um, passion. So you guys can, you guys hear that. And you hear him hopping around, yeah. But you are currently not detected. Karen is whispering to Frankie, like, when we see Idafa. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I probably won't pick up on the mic, so I'm just going to not whisper. <laughs> um, <laughs> when we see Idafa, I need you to hold him down, hold his arms, stop him from doing summoning his weapons again. You're very tall. I think you can handle it. Okay. What do I do? We're going to check out what made him do that. And she's going to summon her axe. Okay. Me too. I'm going to summon my um, my green sword, sword, not my laughing blade. Okay. I'm going to summon hot wire. So you guys sneak up to the door with your weapons out mm. um, and you see Idafer in his underwear, like lying on his back on the ground, like with his head pulled to the side, exposing his neck as this like nightmarish <gasps> pale face uh, with like a smoke body, like begins <laughs> to sink down towards him with its fangs out. Can I throw my torch at the smoke creature? Yeah, roll me an attack roll. I got a 12 plus. What's a torch? What do I add to a torch? Nothing? Um, no. No, nothing. Okay, um, then what's a flame? It's an improvised weapon, which you don't have proficiency with. Um, so you throw your torch into the room. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hit the vampire, but the uh, fire does uh, startle it for a moment and it sees you mm -hmm. uh, and it hisses uh, and it sort of uh, reels back for just a moment. Um, I'm going to roll 
it doesn't manage to keep its concentration and Idafer, you are suddenly very aware of where you are. Frankie <laughs> doesn't notice that and Frankie dies onto Idafer. Oh. Okay, cool. So Guys! Frankie's part of the plan. Uh, I want, hold, everybody, hold down I those want everyone to roll initiative for me, please. Yay! I got a dirty 20. 16. 7. Karen rolled a natural one. Oh. <laughs> you are caught off guard as Flynn throws a torch. You're kind of shocked by what you've seen in the room. Frankie bustles past you to like lie down very not homoerotically on top of uh, almost naked Idafa uh, and you stumble and fall. You're uh, not prone, okay. but you're gonna need to use half of your movements to stand up. Okay. Frankie, you're first. Frankie is like, I'm holding him down, Karen. And Karen is on the ground going, oh! So she's literally open to zero help. With your turn, you're only going to hold down Idafer? I mean, that was as far as the plan got. Cool, okay, Idafer, it's your turn. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm uh, gonna try and push Frankie off me because okay. I'm very scared. Would Frankie know he's not charmed anymore? No, not unless he says something. Um, what are you doing, Frankie? He's been charmed. He doesn't know what we're doing. <laughs> what? I know you're on top of me. Are you gonna make any actions with your turn? Yeah, do I have to roll anything to like push Frankie off or attempt to? It would like... be a strength contest. Okay. So roll a strength contest versus each other. Struggling carrot. <laughs> hey, the plan was the plan was solid. Yeah. I wasn't expecting the torch. <laughs> Is it acrobatics or athletics? Just a straight strength versus strength. <laughs> Go on. I got a 13. Oh, I got an 18. Hey. So, Idafa, you managed to push Frankie off you and sit up. You have movement if you'd like to use it. Um, I would like to grab my pants because I'm terrified. Like, why am I? Why have I got my underwear on? <laughs> it will cost you actions to put your clothing on. So, yeah, that's up to you. Yep, I'm doing that. At this point, I feel like I don't really notice the vampire yeah okay um so it's the vampire's turn <laughs> it's, it's basically like a head and a cloud of gas at this point mm. and it's going to solidify into a humanoid form and it is going to leap and attempt to bite idafa um so i'm going to make a <laughs> Uh, what's your AC, Idafer? Ah, uh, that's 14. Yeah, so it gets 15, so it does bite you. <gasps> um, so it reaches out and it bites you kind of like on the shoulder. Owie. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Why did you weirdly moan? Sorry, that's That's 4d6 damage. No. Oh <laughs> my god. Its bite is worse than its bark. You take 8 piercing damage. What? And... 10 necrotic damage. Oh my so, god. Does that, like, the different types of damage, does that really matter? It only case? matters if you have resistance to that. Or program. vulnerability. Um, so 18 total. Yeah, 18 total. Damn, girl. And the vampire is also healed for 10 health. Oh, tiddlywink. Shoot. Well, I mean, you guys decided to fuck around and not use your turns, so. <laughs> well, we did fuck around and find it's out. It's called roleplaying. <laughs> it's still fairly weak from the horrible beating it took from Master Spec, so it is not going to use uh, any other attacks. It's basically just gonna, like, it bites you, and it's gonna suck your blood, and it's next person's turn, Flynn, you're up. I'm gonna cast light on my hat, because I throw away my torch. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Bright light in a 20-foot radius, and dim light for an additional 20 feet. Cool, mm. okay, so the, the small room that you're in, which, like, if I was to guess, would be, like, a priest's office, like, before all of the vampires came in. Ah, uh, that classic-sized priest office. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. 
If you target an object held or worn by a hostile creature, that creature must succeed on a dexterity saving throw to avoid the spell. Yeah. Hold my light, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so the room is now illuminated because of Flynnvar's cool. hat. Lovely. Uh, Flynnvar, would you like to do anything else with your turn? I'll just move up beside Idafa with my sword drawn ready to attack. Okay, the vampire is right next to Okay, I don't do that. I don't. <laughs> you know, um, if you kill me, he can't kill me. What? We can't bring you back, though. <laughs> So it, you can just like draw your sword and be ready for your next turn. I, I prepare to use my necklace of fireball next turn. <laughs> that's probably a great idea, except that's going to hit everyone because fire. Oh idea. shit! No, I said prepare. Not Karen, you're up. Thank God I'm up. Okay, so With half your movement to stand, and then you can do what you like. It's a fairly small room, so you can reach the vampire with half your movement. Fantastic! Come on, mama bear. <laughs> okay, I will. I will hop back up onto my little black shoes and I've already got my my new great axe drawn so I will rush the monster. So you're using the temporary axe? Yes. Cool, okay, go ahead. I'm going to pop rage and then hit it straight with the, with the great axe first. Cool, okay. Pop a rage. Cool. Okay. Um, so make sure you take one electrum out of your uh, out of your inventory. Yes. Karen like rushes in, just swings, swings this like elemental axe uh, at this uh, creature that is biting Idafa, go ahead and roll me an attack roll. Fuck me. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Keeping the podcast G-rated. G-rated. And he popped a oh, rager. Oh no! Um, <laughs> I rolled a five plus eight. 13. The creature turns to smoke and uh, your axe passes right through it. God oh. damn. Okay, I'm going to use my second attack to try again. Roll It's a 16. Ah, uh, 16 hits. Yes! Um, you hit the part of it that is head. Yep. It's been turning its body. Uh, roll me damage on your attack. Lovely. Okay. So that's 7 plus 5 plus 2. 14. <laughs> um, so the uh, vampire has resistance to non-magical slashing attacks, but he finds out the hard way that your weapon is a magical weapon. It is a we magical weapon. Yeah. Yeah. So he takes a big hit from that and he floats back five feet away from Idafa and hisses at you. Um, yeah. Karen screams back, just wordless rage. Uh, Frankie. Frankie's just like, no one bites my friend. <laughs> That's also vulnerable because he's, you know, it doesn't matter. And then he... Um, uh, tries to aim his uh, hot wire at the... <laughs> Points a gun! <laughs> no, 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 it's not the gun, it's, it's the hot wire. Oh. <laughs> okay, so would you please uh, just remind the group what the hot wire does? So it's a uh, plus one hand crossbow. It's not considered a magic weapon except when it bears an infusion, which it does. Which infusion does it have? It, it has the enhanced weapon. So it's uh, this magic weapon grants a plus one bonus to attack and damage rolls made with it. Nice, cool. So it's a plus two, plus two, plus one weapon. Yeah, nice. So, and it's also now magical. Yeah, cool. And so now that it is magical, what's the secondary effect? When you successfully hit a creature within 30 feet of you with an attack with this weapon, uh, you could use your bonus action to deal 1d6 lightning damage to the same Ooh. target. Ooh, that's if you hot. roll a six, the target is pushed back 10 feet. His bolts have little wires attached to them that he can then shock people yeah. uh, through. So go ahead and roll me an attack roll with that then. Your, your sweet little plus two hand crossbow that you have. Your sweet little taser. That is 13 plus eight. Uh, yeah, that hits. Do I just roll two d6s then? Uh, what's a hand crossbow normally? Oh, it's a, one, it's a 1d6. Yeah, but so can I just roll two yeah. at the same time? And then you just tell me which one's the lightning damage, okay. yeah. So that is eight p6 
piercing damage and one lightning damage. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you're still getting used to the you're still getting used to the effects, but you pull out your uh, hand crossbow, um, you shoot to the creature in its reforming body, uh, and then you push the extra button, and uh, a small amount of electricity um, <laughs> flings through the wire, uh, connecting it. Uh, also, in, also like kind of like incinerating the wire as it goes through and uh, shocks the creature for did you say seven damage in total or. What was the what was the total damage? Nine. Nine. Mmm, damn. Suck on that. Okay, are you gonna do anything else with your turn? Frankie is going to, I guess, move close. Well, he was already quite close to Idafer, but he just wants to stand over Idafer, so he's So you're gonna block are you gonna stand in front of Idafer? Yes. Cool. Okay, uh Idafer, it's your turn. So Idafer has seen the vampire and is terrified. So taking out the weapon is a free action a free as long action. as you don't also dismiss it in the same turn. Mm. Gotcha. Cool. So I'm going to just like instinctively take out my con man's backup. Which is, by the way, is a really cool like black rapier. It's very awesome. <laughs> a very goth. And I'm going to, sorry, Frankie, I'm going to push it to the side uh. and like <laughs> slash it. Cool. Go ahead and roll me an attack roll. Oh, Frankie's trying to trick you. <laughs> I know. 15. Uh, unfortunately, 15 is not enough. Yeah. You swing your rapier, your brand new rapier, at this creature, but unfortunately, because it bit you in the shoulder, uh, and your shoulder is like the one that you swing your sword with, um, your your sword um, is not perfect. You're used to throwing a dagger anyway, so like this whole thing is a bit this new for you. Unfortunately, you do miss. It's the vampire's turn. He is going to fog through Idafer and attempt to bite Frankie. Oh. oh no. Frankie, what is your armor class? Uh, 14. Um, can I can I get an attack of opportunity because he's like right up next to Karen? He hasn't like moved away from you as far okay. as I know. Uh. He's like he's like moving around within your reach. Okay, cool. Cool. So that is a bite attack is plus 9 to hit. Uh, he rolled 19 on dice, so yeah, that's going to do it. <laughs> so again, that's 1d6 piercing damage and 3d6 necrotic damage. Oh my damage. god. Right, so that is five piercing damage and eleven necrotic damage, and he's going to recover eleven health. Shoot! You got that, and some of your blood got drink. Got drink. Got drink. Got drunk. This is nasty. The vampire sort of like rises up a little bit, and every time it drinks one of your blood, you feel as though it is becoming more powerful. Ew. Next up is Flynn. So remembering. What happened with the sword in the fog? He's kind of rethinking what he was gonna do. How big is the room? Is it a ten foot radius? It's yeah. The room, the room is a ten foot radius. Yeah. So like, it is a ten. Okay. So he's not gonna do that one. But you could, for example, like if you can use it and hope that your party is going to like survive the fire, um, or <laughs> yeah, you I'm could doing start great. trying to like call out and getting people to like move away. Uh, now nah, he's gonna cast heroism at level two. Yeah. And. He's going to focus that on Idafer and Frankie because you're closest to where I kind of were, were yeah. when I threw the, because you kind of moved around, right? Yeah. yeah. So they get temporary HP and they're immune to being frightened, is that right? Uh, yes, immune to being frightened and temporary hit points equal to my spellcast ability modifier. So your chart's probably plus three or plus four? Plus four. Yeah, so you guys gain four temporary HP. Well, that's fine. Well, that's something. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's better than nothing. Yep, would you like to do anything else with your turn? You can call out if you want everyone to bail out of the room for fireball. <gasps> yeah, get out of the room and I'm gonna burn. Burn, baby, burn. Cool, and then you, and then you leave? Yes, I'm gonna no. back out. I'm gonna back, oh, uh, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm gonna back towards the doorway. Cool, okay. 
Uh, next up is Karen. Okay, Karen is going to try and take, she's listening, she's aware. She's going, she's <laughs> definitely going to take a swipe at the monster before she gets out of the room. This one is going to be a straight up hit with the great axe. That is a 13 plus five. Yep, that hits. Fantastic. I'm going to use um, the temperance great axe to add 1d6 fire damage to an attack. So that is a 1d12 plus 1d6 plus 5. So I'll roll that now. Mm. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's 6 slashing damage yeah. um, and 3 fire damage. That's 6 fire damage. Okay. So you notice that really doesn't like the really fire. Really doesn't like the fire. The guards already told you that they use fire against it in yes. the past, so this is you were looking for it and yes. you noticed it. Okay, fantastic. Right. So 12 damage, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to attack again. Yeah, cool, go ahead. That's a 12 plus 5? Seven, yes, that hits. 17? 16 is the AC. Okay, cool. And I have already done the... Ooh, <laughs> already done the fire damage, so I'm just going to do a straight hit. That is... 8 slashing. Nice. So you hit it twice. Um, the fire really like seems to cut into mm. it um, and like make some of its smoke kind of dissipate. Mm. And you hit it for a second time. Um, it hisses at you. Um, what would you like to do now? Now I'm going to use my full movement to cool, run it's going to take out attack of the opportunity against yes, you. Yes, I thought it might. Go for a bite. Ooh. It rolled a natural one. <gasps> yeah. So uh, it goes for a bite and you are able to uh, deflect it mm. uh, and push it down and the vampire is now prone. Fantastic. Somehow you can use the side of your axe, like push its head down to the ground mm. um, and as it head hits the ground, um, its body uh, turns back into uh, tangible form. She went back. Cool, so now you can move out of the way? Yes, and now she's out of the room. Cool, okay. It's uh, gone past Flynn. Yep. I'm, I'm presuming Flynn's standing like there. Frankie. Frankie will first use his movement to move and be like, I don't, come, come, come out here. I, I, I've got something to give you, it'll help. Uh, and for my action, I'd like to give Ido uh, experimental elixir. Ooh. Okay, what does that do? You have to roll a d6. May? Yes. <gasps> Five? That is a uh, flight. So the drinker gains a flying speed of 10 feet for 10 minutes. <laughs> so I don't know what they did. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm sure this will help. I, I mixed it up earlier. Oh my God. Is that 10 feet on top of his movement speed? Because that actually makes him a lot slower. This is 10 feet of flying. <laughs> <laughs> You're just floating along. You could, you could float out of the room with 10 feet of movement but speed. But also I don't have to, or I have no. to? No, you don't have to. No, okay. no, no, but like, here, have this. You, could, you just feel the urge. I'm just like, um, okay. I really don't know what it does. I'm, like, I'm sure it'll <laughs> that help. That was fun though. It's fresh, I mixed it up this morning. We, 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 we never know what happens every time. I was hoping it would heal, but it's fine. How exciting. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, you can fly. Just. <laughs> is that your turn? Is that an action? Um, yeah, that'd be an action. Cool. Okay, uh, Idafa, you're up. I want to use Hellish Rebuke. You have to take damage to use Hellish Rebuke. It's a reaction. Oh, it's, it's a reaction I, spell. So you could have used it when you yeah, got back. Yeah, I always forget it. It's a good spell, but yeah, it's it's pretty. I just need to remember it. Yeah. <laughs> In that case, I'll use Firebolt. Cool. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good move. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll Sounds me a range attack good. spell. Well, it's, it's 19 on the die. Yep, cool. So you hit it with fire. Go ahead and roll me damage. A little bit of Darude Sandstorm. Five? 
Uh, so it's 10 fire damage. Okay. Um, so you go ahead and you shoot fire out the end of your sword. Uh, oh, or where do you shoot it from? Your eyes? Where do you, where do you I'm going to use from? the hand that's free. Cool. Okay, so you shoot it with, with a uh, pointed uh, line of fire. Uh, it hits the vampire who hisses and starts to roll around. <laughs> it's looking pretty hurt at this point. Are there secrets being passed on the table? <laughs> oh, I don't think I do for spells, do I? Yeah, the electrum you have. You... Not for a cantrip. Oh, sorry, it's a cantrip. You just have to. You just have to be wielding one. Oh, it's, sorry, I forgot that Firebolt was a cantrip. That's actually a good point because you're not wearing any of your clothing. Where was I your... got my pants on? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, got okay. Pants on. So you had uh, electrum in your pants pocket? Yeah. So what I've actually done now is I do keep a piece in each of my shoes. Yeah. But of course, I had taken them off. And yeah, I just had a couple pieces jangling around the pocket. Okay, the piece in each of your shoes will be handy if you ever get tied to a table again, which is quite a good idea. Hey, so I was like, oh, been in that situation before. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Okay, um, so you wield an electrum, you shoot it with fire. It does not like that very much. Uh, it is now the vampire's turn. Oh, oh do you I'm also... just gonna back out the room. <laughs> okay, uh, it is now the vampire's turn. Um, it heard what Flynn said about um, about using, uh, basically, you know, get out of here, I'm gonna burn it. Yeah. Um, and it decides to retreat. Mm. It um, basically like turns to smoke and flees into an adjoining door, like basically underneath the door, uh, further into the church. Oh. And it's gone. Nah, screw this, we're going after it. <laughs> no? Are we not? Oh, well, uh, I mean, I, I suppose, are you okay? Do you need, you look pretty hurt. Yeah, but like, <sighs> it's almost dead. Uh, I, Isn't that? Unless it bites one of us. Right? Is it? Uh, I, I feel struggle from biting you guys. I really do want to burn it though. Think I, of the sad villagers. We'll we'll catch up. I just need to help these two just for a moment. Myself? Uh, sure. Well, okay. Well, um, I, I got this. I got this. <laughs> she's not thinking the straightest, but um, Karen is going to produce from her tote bag a little uh, wooden box. And she's going to open it up, and it's full of crystals. Oh. Flynn, you know you saw where it went. Yeah. Uh, and you could just, for example, kick that door open and throw a necklace of fireballs bead in there, and just see what happens. Like it is mm. your turn. I'm gonna um, run and kick the door. Yeah. And then do a quick. Cool. Roll a perception check. A quick look. Nineteen. Yeah, this is a storage room. Um, you see it as a uh, cloud of smoke attached to a pale head. Um, it is uh, fleeing further into the room, but you can definitely see it. I throw the fireball necklace bead at it. Cool. Uh, is that a saving throw or an attack roll? Yeah, it needs to make a saving throw because I'm dexterity saving... probably right if it's fireball. Yes, dexterity saving throw. Mm. And if it, do you want to know what happens if it? Fails? Oh, I know what happens if it fails. It goes fireball. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that as the necklace, it was just the regular spell rules. Yep. What's the save? My spell save DC is 15. It rolled a 14. <laughs> it rolled a seven and it has plus seven. So um, you just, you just swoop it up. So you like pop off, is it the, is it, this Nikos of Fireballs only has one bead on it, right? It's got two beads. So you pop off one of the beads and you hiff it into the room and it just explodes. <laughs> I want you to roll damage for me. Can I have two um, D6s? What? <laughs> It's, this, is, this is fireball. It's, it's eight. Yeah, it's eight. Eight, eight D6 fire damage, yeah. Okay, but I'm not going to add By the way, I need you to roll a dexterity saving throw for yourself as well. Oh. Dex is my thing. 21. Cool. Hell yeah. Okay, you pass. <laughs> but you're going to take half damage from this. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. 23. Okay. 
So the vampire takes uh, 46 fire damage and is completely incinerated. Like you see all Bye. the smoke disappear and it's like pale head shrivel up like a piece of paper. Uh, and then you realize you're, you're like, yeah. And then the, the ball of flame hits like you. Like backdrop. Um, and you take uh, 12 fire damage. Okay. And Karen, you're like, <laughs> you know, furiously like wiping these guys' brows and then like a completely like singed flame like also just lands next to these two. As in you're like, oh cool, I have a third patient now. Oh, pull out more okay. Crystals. Yeah, so um, Karen in her youth got really into uh, dwarven mysticism, particularly around the uh, inherent magic of rocks, minerals and crystals. <laughs> and she grew out of it, but now that magic is kind of back in her life and back in the world, uh, she went up to the attic where they barely ever throw anything out because it just might be useful. <laughs> and she dusted off her old uh, crystal kit, which she used when she was younger to heal people. And she just, she just wants to see if it'll work. Okay. She lays everybody down and she goes, Okay, so amethysts used to be used for healing before um, magic disappeared from the world. So, and she just hefts like a, a, a heavy quartz amethyst onto everybody's foreheads. Oh it is, it's hefty. You can feel it in between your eyebrows. It is a big rock. And she's going to say, well, like, hmm. And I'm not entirely sure how we're going to make this work, but she's going to put an electrum piece on each on the top of each of the amethysts. And we're just going to see what happens. You have a feat that allows you to heal people, right? Yeah, this is the healer's kit. So what uh, what does the healer's kit let you do? I can heal a creature 1d6 plus 4 HP as an action. Mm. Cool. Okay, so we're not in combat right now. No. So each of them can take 1d6 plus 4 yes. healing. So I've got a bunch of d6 dice, and I'm going to roll red for Frankie and I'm going to roll green yes. for, <laughs> for Flynn and I don't have a purple one unfortunately sorry so I'm going to roll a dark blue for Idafa yeah <laughs> I thought you said ambulance so I was oh, like ambulance. yeah kind of, oh wait no ambulance the ambiance the ambiance um okay so Frankie gets 10 health Idafa gets 9 health and unfortunately uh, well, I mean, you get six health, so cool. just bump it back up a little bit. <laughs> Question. Temp health, does that go away after combat? Temp health goes away uh, when the spell ends, mm. which I think when you took all that fire damage, it probably would have ended. Because it's a con concentration spell, right? Yes, yeah, concentration. Yeah, so it's gone now. Now, are those electrum pieces gone? Or yep. <laughs> Mark them off. Yep. Seven. Uh, oh, Ida, you, you okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And at this point, I'm like... Grabbing my shirt and putting it back. Why, why, why were you, why did you take your clothes? I'm oh, sorry, I was on top of you. I didn't realize you were naked. Well, yes, um, actually. Well, you know. Idafa, why did you tell us to leave? What? Well, you, <laughs> you told us to leave and then you went back into the room and then we crept in, obviously, because we're worried about you because we're your co-workers and you were stripping nude and exposing yourself to the vampire. Dude, that's you nasty. You do kind of like dreamlike remember doing that. Okay. But you don't remember like making the decisions. You sort of just remember being in those situations. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I couldn't tell you, Karen. Um, okay. So some actions were taken tonight that maybe 
Let's just blame the vampire. Yeah, let's just blame that. I have a weird dream that the snicker guy appears to me all the time, and... Okay, so this seems like a Frankie thing. <laughs> <laughs> the eye for roll me an intelligence check. Six. <laughs> the coin's nearby. It's kind of hard to tell sort of like exactly where it is, but it's kind of out, like, it's kind of like back towards the door from here. Mm. Uh, and just before we walk away, you got a good body. You should be ashamed of it. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm like, Frankie, that was weird. But then I turn away and, I, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> a little smile. Yeah. I'm sorry for interrupting the, the kind of uh, nice moment between Idafa and Frankie. It's just that Karen would interrupt any nice moment. Oh, she would, yeah. <laughs> but that's okay. So is it quite a, I guess because it's close, I can feel it quite strong. Like it's yeah, quite strong. Yeah, it's pretty close. She buzzing. Mm, I'm like, wait a second. Well, what? Okay, I didn't tell you this before, but I did. <sighs> okay, so when we were talking to that Master Spec fella. Oh, Idafa. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, but a while ago, I um, beat Flynnvar out in getting the Queen of Tracking. Oh, oh I yeah. do remember that. Yes. I let you have that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I gave that to him. So we could track where we went. Oh, okay. Does he know that you gave it to him? Look, I'll be honest, I think he does know. Was this a trap? Because he seems all-knowing. Like, he, he seems like he knows us inside out. He's a pretty good guy, a cool guy, if I do say He's so He's a myself. handsome man, I understand. But, yeah, so anyway, uh, he's over there, apparently. We're over there. Well, the coin's over there. The coin's over there. Should we go look? You guys stay here. I'm going to... Uh, no, no. Last time you went into a room on your own, you came out and you told us all to leave, and then you yeah, took off Yeah, but you know what to do clothes. this time if that happens. We'll yeah. just make you keep your clothes on. Yes, we'll we'll um, make Frankie tackle you again. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I'm not attracted to Frankie. <laughs> all right, so Master Spec, you said well, the coin of tracking mm. was by the entrance door, was it? Yeah. Okay, so I'm. Roll me investigation check with advantage. All right. All right. Oh, pretty nice, actually. Uh, that is a 23. You find it placed carefully on one of the stone pillars next to the door. It's Ooh. just sitting there by itself. It's nice well, not, not to keep it. That bastard. Oh, that beautiful oh, bastard. <laughs> well, he obviously... Uh, he brought us here. Mm. For what? So we could get eaten by a vampire? It's either because he wanted us to be killed or he wanted us to kill. <sighs> or you naked. Yeah, or maybe he does just want to see me naked. <laughs> well, I mean... You solved it. You solved my... <laughs> <laughs> you solved my nudity puzzle. <laughs> Who else is outside with Idafa? I'd be there too. Karen, Karen's there. Okay, if all of you are there, everybody except Idafa rolling perception checks. 15 for Karen. 8 for Frankie. 11. All of you, you can see out over the town. It's really nice and quiet. Flynnvar's like singed all down the front. You guys are a bit hurt. You've got some like, you know, bite marks and stuff on you. The town seems really quiet. Karen in a nearby tree, you see a lone owl, a white owl, just kind of looking at you from mm. the branch of a tree. He's a druid. It's late. You guys are kind of hurt. I'm gonna go back to the hotel. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> Before we do, Karen's just going to stand there and she's just going to say to the night air in general, maybe to the owl, maybe not, she's just going to say, Mr. Speck, if you are listening, 
I want you to know that we're not necessarily on different sides. Please don't try to lure us into a vampire trap again, <laughs> but maybe we can talk it out. And tell him he's beautiful. What are you guys talking about? As, you, as yeah, you're I'm doing like, what this, are you guys up to? Uh, the owl swoops down and kills a mouse and flies back up onto the branch and starts to eat it facing away from you. <laughs> that was definitely master speak. Well, it could have been. <laughs> maybe he's disguised. Maybe he's just hungry. Maybe he's just hungry. I'd eat a mouse if I had to. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so, so, back to the inn? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we having a long rest, team. <laughs> Penny here. Sorry about the late release. We're trying really hard to keep up with bi-weekly episodes, but this one got away from me. I hope it's worth the extra wait. This month, we got fantastic digital artist and friend of the show, Liv Artisan Design, to drop some NPC designs for us, and what a job they did. Keep an eye on our social media to see canon appearances for four of our favorite NPCs. Wonder who they're going to be. Music credits. Thanks to Josh Pan for Breather, Bobby Richards for Tack and Two Moons, Patrick Petruchios for Project, Cheel for Lazy Walk, Blue Dream and Sunset Dream, God Mode for Devious Little Smile and Sloppy Clav, and as always, thank you to Regan McKinnon for the show's theme song. You can interact with us at facebook.com slash Podcast, and we also have a Twitter at jbpcpodcast where we post show updates and other cool stuff we get up to. We love hearing from fans, so please feel free to leave us a message or tag us. You can listen to the show at janisonbreffords.podbean.com as well as on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podchaser, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcasts. Episode 19, The Question Box Part 3, should hopefully be out in two weeks from now, Sunday 18th of May. We'll do our best to keep that schedule up. Right, let's get on with the show. There's two rooms, who shares a room? You three can share a room. Yes. That's, that's Is that because we mean? Yes. <laughs> well, there's, there's two rooms with two beds, so you got to share with somebody. There's a bathroom to get changed. Some, some snores. Okay, no, I'm not no, in there. No, 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 no. And no, Frankie no. seems like a snorer. Frankie, 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 can go to sleep with Quinn. Frankie's not a snorer. I feel like I'm a little bit worried about what hands would do when you're not there to oh like control them. Oh, you're... Yeah, that's true. Like hands loose. Maybe he got a mind of his own. Oh, how do you know that, friend? Uh, anyway, I'm, like... I pull Karen into the room and then I close the door. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Good night. Coworker relations are frowned on, right? Yeah. What? Oh, Karen. Oh, Karen is happily married. Frankie's a gossip, so you can be like, "Hey, Susan." <laughs> <laughs> you guys all a little bit, little bit tipsy, mm-hmm. little bit hurt, little Completely bit completely like, sober. Like, yeah. <laughs> you all drift off to sleep. Frankie, <laughs> you find yourself standing on the edge of a cliff <laughs> overlooking a great walled city. Oh my god. Next to you is a rapidly rotting corpse. <gasps> Days flash by in the blinks of an eye. The scene shifts to within the city. Though your feet are still planted on that cliff, you can see scenes from within. Your mere city in its earlier days. <gasps> the bluebird flits by, agitated, as you both watch Imperial Guardsmen drag monks and priests from temples, and nearby are setting fire to piles and piles of books. 
A tall, robed human points to the fire, shouting something that you cannot make out, but seemed pleased at what is happening. The bluebird lands on your shoulder and says, You saw him, didn't you? I can feel it. I can feel his shroud on you. Take care, little one. Oh. This is only going to get... And then you're startled awake. <gasps> no! By none other than Janice and Breffords, who oh. seems to be concerned that you were having a nightmare. Oh! oh. Young man, it's uh, time to get up and go. You seem to be like you were having a bit of a bit of a strong dream there. Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's been a... It was a long night. Karen slipped me something, oh. and then oh. she went to bed with Ida for... Uh, <laughs> uh, Karen and Idafar are both downstairs enjoying breakfast. Yeah, well, they, was, they shared a bed. <gasps> no! <laughs> lies! Just blatant lies! I'm going to have to bring this up with Karen. That's very inappropriate. Can't wait for that conversation. Karen, <laughs> take that. Bull doing what? <laughs> Giving him vodka. So you all enjoy a complimentary breakfast mm. and you all pile back into the cup. Lovely. Um, it's, it's a continental breakfast. It, there's, no, there's no bacon. It's Man. oats and milk and coffee. <laughs> Jason breakfast wasn't splurging on, wasn't splurging Did on this place. Did he talk to Karen about the things that Frankie said? <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just, he just kind of like watches the two of you oh over breakfast. Uh, so you all pile back into the cart uh, and as you head west out of Bull's Wall, you can see a crowd gathered uh, to see Master Speck and his followers off who are heading north. And mm. well, they're walking and or floating north uh, towards a town called First Half. So they're not in a cart? No, they're traveling by foot. He's got a shot and they can float. Perception rolls, please. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is an 18 for Karen. Natural one for Frankie. Eight. Natural one. <laughs> Karen, mm. you, you meet eyes with him. Even even across the way. He smiles at you and you see him look up at the sky and mouth some words in another language. Karen, like, does not look pleased to be meeting eyes with him. Yeah. She doesn't trust that man. He put a undercover agent into her workplace <laughs> and she hired that man and she thought that he was going to be a good employee and then he took off in the middle of the night and I haven't seen him since. Yeah, so when he smiles at you, you, you you're picturing him smiling specifically about that. Yeah, <laughs> she's, she's, not, she's not pleased about what happened with Friskin. She's real Instagram. mad about it. He was a shitty janitor. <laughs> but a great friend. <laughs> what languages do you speak? I speak common, I speak dwarvish, and I can kind of... She's very bad at elvish, but she likes to think she's very good at it. <laughs> oh, and you know a few words in gnomish. Even, even as far away as you are, um, you make out the word ways. Ways? He's, he says the word ways in elvish, but you mm. don't know what the rest of what he said was. Oh. W-A-Y-S? Or yes. Okay. <laughs> no, the milk byproduct. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the towns are all more or less a day's walk apart and the roads are well patrolled, so there are not often delays or danger. Jason decides he wants to spend the first leg in the sunshine, so he sits in the front of the carriage with the driver, giving you all some privacy for the time being. Frankie would like to talk to Ida for just, you know, boy stuff. <laughs> boy stuff. You know, just I had, guys being dudes. You know, I had one of those... those How's your vest difference? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I had a dream, and... Frankie? You were drinking last night? <laughs> I mean, this guy was dead. That bird came back. I seen a guy bring some books. The bird was like, oh, you've seen this guy. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I don't. I think it might be Master Speck. 
Uh, can I roll a perception check to listen yeah, in on this? We're in a tiny car. We're in a oh, very tiny, tiny car. I want to as well because Flynn's nosy. Mm. That's a 14 on perception. <laughs> you hear them whispering about Master Spec that you don't pick up the rest. Mm. Uh, Frankie, um, I don't need to roll for this. The person from your dream who was like pointing at the books uh, was not Master Spec. Oh. The face was different. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Anyway, I got a 23. You got a 23 on perception? Yeah. You picked up all of this. <laughs> Frankie's not great at explaining no. what, like, yeah. the, all of the flow through. No, no, no. That's literally Frankie. It's all in his head. He gets it. I had a dream about Mr. Speck, and you're like, what? Oh, <laughs> Frankie, have you been writing this down? That's a good idea, Flynn says loudly. <laughs> we both just stare at you. We're like... And then we turn closer to each other and I go like this. <laughs> you cover your mouth. Just <laughs> because then obviously you can't hear. I pull out the, the picture of the, of the, with the hand diagram. With the box? Yeah. I snatch it off you and go, Frankie, was this in your dream? A hand was in the dream. Okay, so we, we are all talking about Frankie's dream now and you're not trying to hide it from us. I mean... <laughs> Frankie, come on, we're all friends here. Uh, I don't know, I thought this might Some have been one of those when, you know, you get to a certain age, uh -huh. people have weird dreams. I don't know if everyone has dreams of... Sorry, how old is Frankie? <laughs> like 22. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those things that happens when you're at a certain age. When you become an adult, you start dreaming about dead people. Uh, and birds. Oh. Has Frankie been writing all this down? Not like in so many like Dear Diary, I had a dream about. <laughs> uh, it would have been like, there's just certain symbols and the birds and it's on his wall and there's a string connected to a uh, face but the face has a question mark because we don't know. <laughs> like it's, it's... So you're keeping track of it. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Is there a bunch of like drawings of naked men in one of the... <laughs> One of the little like string points. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's a big sign that says naked. Naked. You're naked. N e k k i d. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Yeah. So I want to go to Karen. Um, you know the city we're going to, right? Where whereabouts do you think something like this cube in this hand could be? Like, is there like a creepy vampire-filled temple that would be oh. worshiping dead hands and cubes? Oh, oh, Xing. Like a museum. Well, well, I've never been there. I just, I, I grew up kind of in the area. My great uncle was from Ixingmere. Uh, all I really know is that, well, obviously the stonecutters have the contract to do the roads in this area, so my... They're a bit bumpy. It's <laughs> premium, it's premium cobblestone. Perfect stonecutter quality, and my... Uh... <laughs> okay, so it sounds like Karen doesn't know anything well, about the area we're going to. <laughs> I don't know anything useful. Did you explain to them about the festival or about like the, like for example, like Frankie has a hero that comes from the city. Oh, that's true. Call. That's true. Yeah. So she, she does go into a little bit once um, people stop roasting her. So she does talk, <laughs> she does talk at length for a while about her sister-in-law and the marriage that is bought prosperity to the area by doing the con the roading contract and it's very boring but eventually she gets into things that might be a little bit more interesting like oh i think that i think that gnome inventor is actually from Ixingnig. you know the one yeah Frankie. somebody knows he's from here yes yes oh. uh uh what was his name again i i don't know gizdark gizdark is it like a, is it a mononym 
Like Cher. He's just known as Gizdark the Inventor. He's just Gizdark the Inventor. It's Gizdark. Gizdark. Like Amazon like, yes. has the wizard. Yes, yes, yes. Um, there's lots of there's lots of famous gnomish people that come famous. from it. Famous gnomish people. Sorry, Karen. I just have. Oh, it's just fun to roast you. Continue. <laughs> Famous Romish people that come from Exynia. Do you feel the tension between these two? See what I mean? He's not even in here to notice. Flinch is bored, so he's teasing. Extremely odd, whatever's going on here. What were you two up to last night in your room all alone? Hey, dreaming I didn't about dream birds. about dead corpses. And also, you're not my superior. So if we had relations, it would be fine. I'm oh. not, I'm not. <laughs> That's not where Fundanel was going. <laughs> I'm not anybody's superior just here. Down. <laughs> I'm the manager of a different department. Also, what? Oh, Actually, no, wait a minute. We, wait a minute. What the hell are we talking about? Stop, <laughs> Stop the car. Stop. <laughs> Sorry, we've got completely off track here. <laughs> it's dark outside. <laughs> we've had pizza. <laughs> The trip from Bullswell to Exignia is not expected to take all day. Mm. Um, after a few hours of you guys sitting and talking um, without prying ears, Janison hops back into the cart and he's, he's holding a pencil and a, and a small writing pad. <gasps> and you actually recognize snack. it should be uh, the writing kit that you took from Janison Brifford Senior, which he appears to have oh. um, appropriated and taken mm. for himself. Fair. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, Sad. It was in the will. Uh, he says, as the oldest son, I'm expected to give a speech at the funeral, but... Oh my god. I'm having a little bit of trouble working through my feelings about my father's actions. Wait, mm. Janison, are you... I didn't even consider that. Do you have siblings? Uh, I have some family. We're going to meet them when we arrive in Ixignir. Oh. oh, okay. I'm not sure if my siblings will be there, but there will be some people in my family there. Oh. My mother lives here. Ah. Oh. Hands puts his hands up to help. I'm like, no, Hands, you don't have emotions. You don't have emotions. <laughs> you don't know. That's a good point, Frankie. Do I, do I say what my family wants to hear? Or do I speak my mind? Because all this stuff that's come out about my father, I don't want to stand up there and say a bunch of nice stuff about him, but I'm expected to give a speech. What do I do? Nah, tell the truth. No, no. Tell think the truth, shame the devil. Think of, think of the company, this is publicity, right? You can't help but have PR in this. In this. Think of the sales. I know it's your family, but think of the sales. So, I've got oh to focus God. on the facts. He loved to explore life. He went I'd sailing, right? I'd like to right. take my hand and muffle Flynn's mouth because I... This is so mean. You can't just because it's sales. No. Because I'm talking straight to Janison. I'm like, no, Janison, if you lie up there, you are going to have, like, you need to get your feelings out. I am an adolescent male. I know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I like, moved the hand and I'm like, but everyone will remember that he made a scene at the funeral where you could just focus on the facts. It's not lying. And what? It's focusing and on what? the facts. And then they're going to buy a writing kit. Flynn. No, no. Tell the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. Oh. Just a solemn hand. You know, in the end, the choice is yours. Fine, you seem to be sort of outnumbered on this, but you are right. I shouldn't hurt the company to get back at my dad, who's not even going to know. But also your family, right? I didn't mean like sales isn't the sales of the company. I meant focus well, on the, the way facts you said it. and not and not you know 
It's, I, I do apologize, <laughs> Flynn. It's just you're so sales focused. Sometimes I think that it's, it's, it's all you worry about. And I, I know that all those trophies, it's very admirable. But, but also, isn't that somebody did once say, not to speak ill of the dead? I mean, at the end of the day, he's dead. There's no use to be like, this guy was horrible because I'm, you know, trust me. I've got oh, Frankie's on a 180 here. My dad <laughs> is a thing. Uh, you know what? D- do what you want to do. Frankie doesn't want to get into his dad. Otto's going to give Frankie a hug. Jensen, oh. you can share some of your feelings, right? He left you a legacy, but you don't want to follow in his footsteps, so you're going your own way. So you can take that and be like, he left me this legacy to follow, but I'm going to be my own man, and this is, you know, take what I learned from him and be the this person that I've created and thank you for what you taught me. He taught you not to be a terrible person who did things. But you know, you've got a dress sense. You know, you don't have to stick to the, the old stock standard uh, old world. You can sparkle. Okay, I'm just staring at Flynn like, <laughs> like jaw agape, just what? For the record, Poppy just mouthed what the fuck. <laughs> she didn't say it, she just mouthed it. Um, so this, this debate, carries on. Mm. Karen is very firmly on the side of you get up there, you say maybe 10 seconds and then you sit the hell back down because at the end of the day uh, what people should really be focusing on this is not what she says out loud but what people should really be focusing on is her very very good funeral attire. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) The morning carries on. You guys spend a few hours without Jenison. You spend a few hours talking about this uh, whole debate of like whether Jenison should um, speak the truth about his feelings about his father or whether he should honor his family and his company. Mm. There's opinions on both sides and some people jump sides and some people jump back. Some people draw a lot of attention to their fashion. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, you guys arrive in Exingmere. Exingmere is tucked just inside the forest of its namesake. Mm. Uh, it appears oh, to have pretty. a very uh, cobbles, cottages, and climbing ivy feel. Oh, this is cute. Even the factories, uh, large dome-shaped buildings with industrious noises coming from inside, have tasteful moss growing from them. Um, so consistently, where it, it has to be an intentional aesthetic choice. <laughs> you can tell that all the veggies grown here are organic. It's a lot quieter of a, of a village than Billswell was. You trick through, you see uh, mostly gnomes and halflings uh, walking around, but you know there there are, there are different types of people. After a few minutes of traversing through, uh, you arrive at Jenison's childhood home. Aww. He emerges somberly from the carriage, hat in hand, and is immediately dragged inside by dozens of gnome children who are delighted to see him. <gasps> Uncle Jenison. You all stand awkwardly as uh, five chuckling gnomes and one Goliath of around Flynn's age. Uh, emerge from the house and begin removing the coffin from the roof. One of them greets you warmly and identifies herself as Cousin Grail. Cousin Grail, uh, it's, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you. Uh, my name is Karen uh, Stonecutter. Uh, yes, uh, the, of, of the, that Stonecutter family. Uh, oh my and God. He, these are my uh, co-workers, Flynn, Idafa, and, and the lovely Frankie. Uh, oh, and you all work for Cousin Jandy, is that right? Ye- Cousin Jandy? Yes, we do. <laughs> That's um, adorable. Oh, how lovely. Uh, tell you what, we'll take care of the coffin. Okay. Uh, why don't you go on inside and, uh, and, and meet with Mama and just, just head on in. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Shall we? Yeah, I've got dust. So you, you guys um, head inside and it's uh, it's very much like, 
you know, Irish cottage overgrown. Like it's overgrown, but it's like intentionally overgrown mm. to make it look like everything like fits in with the mm. forest. It's really nice. Oh, that sounds um, very good. So as you walk into the house, Frank and Ida have to significantly duck their heads um, <laughs> to fit under the low seating. Um, Didn't you say there was a Goliath? There was one Goliath, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know, he's adopted, it's fine. Oh. He's part of the family. You guys will stand in the entranceway and after the children screaming, Uncle Jandy, and then <laughs> he going, parchment handy, oh. he extracts himself uh, from the children and uh, leads you over to an older looking gnome woman in a, you know, plump woman in an apron. Uh, and, and she walks up and she says, hi, oh, hello. Uh, you can call me Mama Breference. Oh. I greet her in gnomish. Oh. She smiles uh, and then she turns an eye to all of you and she says, so what are you all doing here then? Oh, oh we've come to pay our respects and support Janison because he means a lot to us. Yeah, Uncle Jandy down here wanted us to come with. So Janison uh, basically introduces you to this. Is, this is my mother. Mm. Uh, she's very no-nonsense um, and, and she is the uh, ex-wife she's of the matriarch. deceased. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She eyes you up for a bit, but after the gnomish greeting um, and after a... You know, a bit of a vouch from Janderson is like these, you know, these are my good employees. Mm. I trust them. They're actually the ones who solved the murder and they are my good employees. Mama Breffords does kind of like lower her eyebrow and kind of like, okay, yeah, fine. You're welcome. You know, I must say, it's so nice to be in a proper sized house again. You just can't <laughs> find good gnomish architecture anywhere in your mere city. Well, I'm afraid you're not going to be able to stay. Uh, with so much family returning, there simply isn't room in the house to uh, group up here at the Brefford's home. Oh no, I fully, I fully expected that. I believe in our itinerary and she pulls it out and she goes to see if there's like an inn or something that's written on it. Well, I'll tell you what, go into town. Your, the old pickle jar okay. uh, is always got rooms and is very hospitable. Tell Mama Brefford sent you and they'll give you a good room. The pickle jar. Thank you so much. The old pickle jar. The old. Old comma. Oh, okay. The old pickle jar. Ah, as opposed to the O-L-E pickle jar. <laughs> yeah. And the new pickle jar. <laughs> Which is right next door. She, she smiles and doesn't hit you with the rolling pin that she's holding. <laughs> which, is, which is almost a compliment. <laughs> Obviously, she's having a lot of family home. Mm. Um, and she's got a lot going on. She says to you in Gnomish, uh, so what do you bring for the, uh, for the festival? What do you bring into the new life's feast? Who speaks Gnomish? Just you. <laughs> and then she repeats it in common. And like, what, what do you bring into the new life's feast? A positive attitude. A sandwich. <laughs> oh my god, Frankie, that's been no. here for weeks. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> Karen, you can cook, right? It's not one of my strong suits. I've got three jelly candy. She quickly realizes that you guys uh, weren't told to bring anything for the feast, <laughs> and she smacks Janison uh, backside the head. Um, and uh, you know, when when she realizes he didn't instruct you to bring something, ah. Mm -hmm. oh, Janderson will just have to stay here and do some baking with his mother. Uh, what, what would you like your contribution to the feast to be? Oh, I'd love to try uh, yes, uh, one of your traditional Noma berry pies. Smurf berry pies. <laughs> okay, so a couple of pies. What about you? Oh, well... Uh, I can make some good ribs. I know you dwarves love your ribs. We do love our ribs. Fantastic. Would you like would you like me to come and help? No, no, please no. <laughs> stay out of my kitchen. <laughs> yeah, very much stay out. And what about you? A good old fruit salad, please. Oh, you got it. Uh, Reaver on Robbie Perception. Perception. 
She's got a poison on her Oh, thank God. Natural one. Uh, that was a 15 for Karen. Yeah. That's a 24 for Ida. Flynn's also a 15. Frankie, you're like walking out like, oh, a butterfly. And the rest <laughs> of you, um, Mama Brefford's like shoes you out the door, basically. <laughs> like, yes, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Um, as the door closes, um, you see Janison and Mama B locked in a hug. Um, and you realize that the baking might have just been a pretense to spend some time together. Um, now what? Let's go find that old pickle jar. Let's go find the old pickle jar. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, or like, I'd like to really see, you know, the house that. You're going to sneak around Janderson's family no. home. No, the famous gnome. Yeah. Oh. oh. Uh, what's his name Can again? Sneak around that house. Oh, okay. You want to go? You want to go find um, Gizdark's house? Yes. Oh, I hear there's a tour. Mama Bruford's pointed you off towards like the main town center. Um, maybe you'll be able to find yeah, some information yeah, there. there. Um, Flinver also wants to find out what sort of buildings and stuff are around the town, just so he can try and scope out like where a fancy cube and a creepy hand might be. <sighs> it's really bothering him that he doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> what is this thing? Okay, well as you walk further through the town, very tranquil, mm. very like, you know, beautiful sun shining through the leaves, Humber. forest vibe. You're taking in this truly interesting mix of rustic overgrown and polished modern uh, mixed together. You can't help but notice um, that something feels just a little off. Mm. Um, maybe it's the lack of city noise. Uh, perception <laughs> checks. Uh, Karen got a 21. Ida got a 19. Lynn got an eight. So did Frankie. <laughs> Karen and Ida? Mm. But you can't quite seem to shake the feeling that you're being watched. Hmm. Ugh. Daddy Specs around. No, don't call him Daddy. <laughs> Daddy Specs. So after, you know, after 20 minutes of walking down the main path, it's just such a beautiful little village. You find the town centre, which does indeed contain an enormous donut-shaped table um, <laughs> with a raised spinning ring adorning the surface. Mm. But there are also some large ornate stone pillars around, and the oak tree in the very centre uh, is very old and umbrellas the entire circle, uh, making it feel very much like a forest clearing. Oh beautiful. my god! Bit bird poo on that. Um, excuse me. <laughs> I was just fantasizing about dead specks. <laughs> beautiful clearing. Here I was escaping from the world. <laughs> Nearby, as you reach the town centre, uh, there is a halfling woman um, arguing with a teenage boy uh, who is dressed in homemade armour, uh, most made of pots and pans, oh um, and dragging him by the wrist away from the forest's boundary. And you can hear the the, uh, the woman saying, boy, I have told you a hundred times, there is nothing for you in that forest. And the boy responds, but all the tourists go in there. I want to go adventuring too. <laughs> when the tourists go there. When the tourists go there, um, okay. Would you like to approach them or you just let oh. them go? No, oh. I'm not going to approach, but I'm going to... Is there like an information stand? <laughs> information and I find... The tour? <laughs> I can tell you what's around. This is just yeah. like the boy is currently being dragged away. So if you want to talk to them, they'll be gone soon. No, I'm, I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, I don't, Flynn, Flynn wants to, he's nosy. He's gonna be like, he's Flynn's just gonna go and chat. He's like, pat you on the um, shoulders and like, just slowly walk off, like, kind of like looking like he's Mirandering, but following a little bit behind. Mirandering? Did you yeah. say you are gonna talk to them or not? Oh, I'm not gonna talk to them, I'm just gonna follow them to see if I can listen to what they're saying. Are you creep? <laughs> they're not whispering. Oh. You, you gather from context that the visitors who come to this town um, very often seem to go into the forest, and sometimes multiple times. Ooh. And you hear the, you hear the teen saying that like you know the adventurers who come here and go into the forest they, they always come out looking like badass heroes off to face destiny and the mum's just like and then they go straight back in don't they don't they 
<laughs> I will not have my only son becoming some kind of forest hobo who's going to take care of me when I'm old. Forest hobo. Forest hobo. Yeah, so you, you gather, like, there's something weird, like, people go into the forest and they come back out and then they go back in again? Mm. That was what you picked up from that conversation? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to wait till um, Mama Bear stops being overbearing and then try and talk to this. Oh, like, they're gone. Oh. She's, she's dragging him back to their house. Yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> Tell me more about this and just dragging him off. All right, I'm gonna go back to this. So around the outside of the, the village's circle, uh, there is a town hall. Ooh. There's a candle shop. There's a pub called The Old Pickle Jar. Uh, there's a general store, a green grocer, a butchery, a library, um, a craft and artifice supply store um, that also has a little sign um, that says that it is a Gizdark museum. Oh. Uh, and a school. So they're like, all of these things are kind of like right around the outside uh, of this big forest clearing circle. A lot of them seem like maybe a bad idea to go in, like maybe the school you maybe should school. go into. Let's yeah. go to the school. <laughs> Bring hands. From here, you guys can do as you please. Um, there are many hours until sunset. It's early afternoon. So you have a lot of time to mm. explore and uh, gather information. Karen is going to go to the old pickle jar and she's going to reserve some rooms and then she's going to come back to wherever you guys are going. So. Yeah, if you guys want to go somewhere else, she will um, say, "Oh well, I'll be, I'll be right back. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go and get some rooms, and then I'll come and meet you guys." Oh, thanks. I'll be in the library. Okay. Maybe going to the shop. The um, the artifice supply yeah. store. Yeah. yeah. Are general stores the kind of places that would have like um, healing elixirs or stuff like that? No, that's more of a chemist. Um, general stores like dried foods, mm. um, you know, stuff that like, it's basically like the types of groceries that you couldn't get at the butchery. Or the like a four square. Yeah. I might, nah, there's nothing for me there. I'm going to go nip over to the uh, edge of the forest and just have a peek oh, at it and have a cool. Okay, so we've all gone in different directions. We have all gone in different directions. That's fine, that's fine. And Karen told Karen's us to wait. Like... Where are those? Where is everybody? So... We'll start with Karen, because she chose first. Okay. The proprietor of the pub is a half-elf named John. Mm. Uh, and while you're booking the rooms, um, he asks if you're here to explore the forest. Oh, well, n no. We're, we're here for the uh, funeral of the late uh, Janison Bradford Sr. Um, oh, I see. That's... Rest, rest his soul. Uh, do tell me more about the forest, though. I, I've heard it's quite a popular... Tourist destination. Yes, well, a lot of my customers, there's an exceptional number of people uh, come into this town specifically to go uh, trekking north into the forest. Oh. Uh, the ones who come out, um, they seem a little strange. Uh, oh, sometimes oh. grim or sometimes like weirdly calm. You know, the odd thing is though, is that like a day or so after they come out of the forest, they leave town and then they come right back and they go back into the forest. Oh. Uh, it's very weird. Uh, sometimes, you know, more than a day if it was a group of them, and they'll always be determined to go back into the forest, regardless of weather or time of day. It's, it's very odd. Oh, well, I mean, I have a job, so I can't really uh, mess around in a forest for the rest of my life. So I don't think I'll be doing that particular attraction. Mm. Yeah, fair. Can I offer you a room? Yes, please. Um, I'm here with a few colleagues. Uh, four rooms, please. Absolutely. I'll... Uh... There, there are a few people already booked in. Of course. Uh, but uh, I've got some very nice ones up on second floor, uh, all next to each other. Uh, and there's a very nice bathroom up there we recently renovated. Oh, fantastic. Uh, and, and what's the total for that? Uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be eight silver, please. Absolutely. And she'll, uh, she'll pass over eight silver. Cool. She'll, she'll pass over, so do I have any silver? I don't have any silver. She'll pass over one gold. As you're fishing around looking for gold, 
Um, you notice that there's a black cat with a white patch on its face, um, quietly watching. Oh, for goodness sake. With the white patch. <laughs> with the white patch. Oh my gosh. With the horse and the... White horse? The horse with the white face. Now there's a cat with a white face. Was that like way back? That was way back. Way back. Oh my god. Penny. Oh my god. Penny. Penny. Do you approach the cat or do you just what? let it let it sit? Karen quite yeah, Karen quite likes cats. She thinks they're pretty cool. She she's she's like, yeah, animals are cool. I haven't owned any, but I always like seeing them around, so she's gonna Is that uh is that your pet? No. i it, I assumed it was yours. I've never seen it around here before. Did you bring it with you? I did no. never seen this one. No, I don't own animals. That's odd. As you uh, attempt to approach the cat, um, it starts to hiss at you. Oh, well, uh, you might want to take care of that before it injures a patron, I suppose. Mm, yeah, get out of here, shoo. Uh, and he, he shoes the cat off. Um, and the kind of thing where it like darts into the bushes and then a few moments later, you can just see its eyes looking at you from <laughs> behind the leaves. Flynn, you went to the library. What are you looking for? I want to look for any books on that around like the town's history or like the forest history and also like speak to the librarians because librarians are normally like a little bit gossipy. All right, roll me an investigation check. You 14. The town's been around for a pretty long time. Um, it, is a, it is because it's mostly a gnome town. Gnomes live longer. Um, it's one of the first uh, major Ymirsum towns. It was uh, actually built before the nearby Galaport and uh, it, 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 its products actually caused um, Galaport to be built because they needed good ways to export mm. and typically uh, uh, there are a lot of mentions of the forest being um, a special place uh, of, of people uh, finding pilgrimage in the forest, um, people going into the forest to uh, search out the truths of their lives. There seems to be a lot of culture around uh, going trekking into the forest. Um, so the, the, those are the main two things that you really find out is that the town itself is very very old um, one of the first major towns and that the forest despite being a dangerous place um, has a very popular it's a very popular place that people go on pilgrimage mm -hmm. pilgrimage for Idafa, frankie where did you guys go did you guys go together no i went to the shop and mm. you went to the forest edge okay Idafa, you examine the entrance to the forest reveals an innocent looking path uh, and a sign with a disclaimer that the town no longer organizes search parties uh, for missing trekkers and give me a perception roll. 22. There's a square with a circle carved in it, uh, carved around uh, the bark of a tree nearby. Uh, although it's mostly overgrown, uh, you do recognize this as a Thieve Can symbol for treasure inside. Oh. Can I venture further down the path? Yeah. Um, it is a very nice, very beautiful native forest. The, the path is well worn, um, but out, outside the path is uh, very bushy. Um, there's like loud insects, loud birds. How far are you gonna go? I wanna say like, just like 10 meters. So I can still see like the town yeah, center. Okay. You can see further down the path. It seems to be like a single path that a lot of people follow um, and the rest of it's very overgrown. Um, there are a lot of birds and insects singing, um, but there doesn't appear to be anything suspicious or magical. Hmm. Okay then. Well, now I know. And I walk out. Cool. Uh, Frankie, you go into the uh, the museum, or the artificial shop and museum, yeah. um, and there is a, a surly looking uh, gnome behind the counter. They are wearing a name tag uh, that says Quisp on it, Q-U-I-S-P. That's cute. 
Twist and on. they watch you enter. Uh, it is, uh, the roof is very low. Um, so again, you have to bend over to fit inside. There's like ball bearings, nuts and bolts, like, you know, uh, tinkerer's tools and all the little bits and pieces that you would need uh, to build and maintain things. And uh, Quisp watches you look around and then uh, holds up a little box that says donations and rattles it. Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, like, yeah, okay. Hans, give, give, give them a, a donation. How much does Hans give them? I, I just have, just, I don't have change. It'll be like a gold piece. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. You know, people usually ignore me and leave when I held the box out. Wow, look at this place. It's amazing. I'm just like, this place is amazing. Are you a fan of Artifice then? Uh, yeah, you, you could say that. I made Hans. Hans is like, He's also bent over, although Hans doesn't need to be, but... Oh, you're here for the museum, aren't you? And that too, yes. Oh, well, come with me, and uh, there's one of those uh, desks with the little flap-up bit, but Quisp is short enough that just walks straight underneath you. <laughs> <it. laughs> and they, uh, they walk over uh, to... Basically, what you now realize is... Uh, like a passion project that somebody who's Aww. not great at arts and crafts has that. put together. You noticed it that the the sign that advertised the museum felt like an extra. Oh. Like there was the regular like you know uh, artifice supply store like and Gesdark Museum with like you know stars drawn in crayon and oh. stuff. Oh. Yes, um, he loves that. And so Quisp uh, leads you over to these little uh, cardboard box dioramas <gasps> that they've made. And you would know a lot of these, like yeah. Gizdark invented the toilet. <laughs> Gizdark invented um, like the way of, of uh, shaping cobblestones. Like he's the one who like came up with the way of mass producing cobblestones. Like the, the obviously the dwarves mm. um, like bring, uh, now, now use this technique, yes. but it was um, something that was uh, invented by a gnome. Mm. Um, and there's lots of little bits and pieces that Gizdark is the, uh, is the uh, original inventor of, including uh, certain types of armor. Like there's, you know, certain types of metal work. Although like he worked very closely with dwarves to reach a lot of that. Uh, he, he definitely gets some credit for being a, a great mind of his time. Yes. Oh, do, do you know where his house is? Did he, did he live around here? Uh, uh, looks up at the ceiling uh, and looks back at you and says, uh, I think you're standing in it. There's, there is like a little apartment above the store. Oh my God. <laughs> do you think if, I don't know, I slipped an extra couple gold, I could go and see it? Well, it's just my house. Oh, uh, can I see your house? Please, <laughs> 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 gets on his knees, but he's still, I feel, I have to be clear, I will accept the donation, but <sighs> it's just my stuff up there. Uh, Do you want to see Quisp's couch? Because yes. I... Yes. Oh. It's still the, the <laughs> being in this space and breathing in the space. Um, yeah, I might get inspiration. Uh, Quisp just holds up the donation box again. Raise <laughs> uh, with another goal. Quisp uh, gives you a little tour of the uh, of their own apartment. <laughs> there's a there's a couch and an ice box <laughs> and a candle. Oh, oh, his candle was here too. Oh, did he? His bed was here. It was like, uh. Actually, one thing that uh, you you really excited about is the fact that it does have a working toilet, and um, oh. it's very likely to be one of the first toilets oh. um, until Chris tells you that they had it reinstalled about uh. ten years ago. Oh. Can while like he's looking around, can Frankie put on his 
goggles. It's like the money you're seeing, yeah. And just like look around for like I don't know, you know. Sometimes when there's like oh, I'll just scribble something into the wall, but uh, you know, have uh, to, you know, just like little. Okay, cool. Uh, roll me an investigation check. Yes, that's cute. Uh, that is a 28. <laughs> you get down on your hands and knees and you are examining the skirting boards and you uh, you don't, like, I realize you roll really high, but like, <laughs> if you roll really high, there's nothing there. Like, this is just where Gestark lived when he was young. Yes, and, this is... Uh, obviously, he moved on to other, like, you know, bigger laboratories and likely has a factory somewhere here in town. There isn't... Like there isn't any hidden evidence that Gezak used to live here, other than the fact that this is a uh, an artifice supply store, uh, and is very likely uh, Gezak's shop once upon a time. Oh, um, you, hear a, you hear a gasp, though, <gasps> and you look over at Quisp, who is holding their hand over their mouth and staring at you, and you realize that because you're on your hands and knees, your amulet has come out of uh. your. Uh, has come oh. out of your clothes and is hanging down oh. and Quisp is staring at it with fright. I also believe that the gun would be visible just to... I don't want to like hide I don't anything. Think, I don't think that that's like widely known what that would be. Yes, yes but I just didn't want to like hide that just in case that yeah. could cause a thing. You know what I mean? It's just kind of hanging out. They're also... On Frankie's person. Ah, 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 It's cool, it's fine. Where did you get that? Found it. Why? What is it? What is it? <laughs> I mean, Frankie knows, but she, but Crispa doesn't know that Frankie knows what. What is. are you doing here in this town? Have you come to kill me? Oh, why? Should I? <laughs> if you're wearing that, that means you killed my father. Hello children, Mama Breference here. I don't know if you've ever hosted your entire extended family on behalf of a dead bastard, but needless to say, I'm a bit busy to thank you for listening to the show. Now if you'll excuse me, I have to find three extra beds and bake some ribs for a city dwarf. Aye, it's worth it to see the back of that one though.